College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 miles away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And I got a text, I think it was on Monday, from my buddy Curtis. And he says, hey, by the way, in case you didn't know, Eric Adams is headed to Puerto Rico. And I'm thinking, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, what's he headed to Puerto Rico for? I mean, what would the island of Puerto Rico need Eric Adams for? New York City is an absolute disaster and a mess. Puerto Rico is an absolute disaster and a mess. They're still recovering from Hurricane Fiona uh, just uh, about a week ago. So why on earth would this guy go there? Paque, for what? Well, the reason is he thinks that he can lend some support and he can go and rub elbows with the uh, with the Puerto Rican community. And as long as he you know makes friends with the Puerto Ricans, then... You know, then all of a sudden now he can do his thing with the Puerto Ricans in the Bronx or the Puerto Ricans in Brooklyn or the Puerto Ricans anywhere else. And he thinks that this is ultimately a good look for him in New York City. This is Eric Adams pandering to the people in Puerto Rico. This is Eric Adams trying to ingratiate himself with the voters of New York, trying to be a celebrity, running around doing what he thinks is uh, the most popular thing to do, the best opportunity to take a picture but it, I don't think it's going to work out. I think it's one of the dumbest things I've heard. He's ruined New York, and now he wants to go and ruin Puerto Rico, too. I mean, this is almost as stupid as what President Biden had to say when he said that the most important part about hurricane season, well, you know, it's getting vaccinated. That's right. You've probably heard this clip, but you've got to hear it again. Listen to this. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or a natural disaster hits. Let me be clear. So he wants to be clear that the most important thing that you can do during a hurricane is get vaccinated. No, it's not put plywood on your windows or close your storm or hurricane shutters. No, 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 that's not it. It's not get water. It's not get canned food. It's not evacuate to higher ground. It's not get out of the, the eye of the storm. No, no, no. It's get vaccinated. Now, I don't know if this is just him assuming, hey, you, my fellow Americans, you guys are stupid. So you're going to believe whatever I have to say. I can't believe what I heard. I mean, I, I thought it was laughable, honestly. I thought, oh, my goodness, this guy, you know, se pasó. he's really gone too far. This is the end, right? I mean, this is the most important thing that you can do during a hurricane. It's, it's get vaccinated. And I mean, I didn't make it up. He said it. 
Now, you know, speaking of hurricanes and whatnot, uh, again, a big shout out to all of the, the valiant people that are, you know, laboring away in um, Puerto Rico, uh, all the people in Florida as well. Fort Myers was absolutely destroyed. I'm scheduled to be in Miami, actually, in the next couple of days. And uh, I believe I will be there. I'm going to be meeting with our friends from the Lexit movement, the Latino exit from the Democrat Party. Their slogan is Latinos don't have to be Democrats, but I'm concerned about, you know, all of the catastrophe that the storm brought. I know that hundreds of people uh, lost their lives. And this is obviously, you know, catastrophic for so many families. And my prayers are with everybody in Florida. I'm hopeful that the storm, uh, you know, has now dissipated and, and people are starting to get their lives back together. I know that there are alignment from all over the place, uh, electrical workers that are out there trying to restore power, trying to restore the infrastructure. And it's a massive undertaking in that part of central Florida. So Godspeed to them uh, because, you know, people love Florida. I know I love Florida and I'm looking forward to being in sunny South Florida so that I can, lay my eyes on those gorgeous palm trees and enjoy a couple of days in the sun before coming back to the New York area where it's 45 and 50 degrees and it feels like it's 30 in my opinion. So uh, big shout out to all of them. Now in some other news, I saw this social media post and in the social media post, the police had pulled over this uh, young woman and they were asking her some questions and she was really confused like why are you pulling me over what's going on here they pull her out of the car they put her into the police car and it's as if nobody heard the train's horn like it was just absolutely crazy i want you to listen to this audio clip what's going on no one else is in the truck sir can i please get my cell phone ma'am what's going on tell you in a second take a seat. i'm so confused can i get take my a seat. cell phone? i will get your cell phone for you take a seat I'm toss it out the window she could have out that window but who is, is that heart Wow. Yeah. So I, again, I hopefully you heard that as I did. I was watching the video, but they take this girl, they bring her out. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? And again, some bad guys typically go, Yo, what's going on? What's going on? You know, while they totally know what's going on. But this girl from the video, I could see she seemed very genuinely puzzled, puzzled. They put handcuffs on her. They put her into the car. The train is honking. The one guy cop, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I think she threw it out the window. The lady's like, you think she threw it out the window? And, and you could see this, this crosstalk between the two officers on their body cam video that I was watching. And then both cops go, oh, my gosh, the train's headed straight for us. And they both run away and leave the girl handcuffed in the back of the car. The train wipes out the car. The car goes flying. Then they radio it in and say, oh, my gosh, the train hit the car. The suspect was in the car. And I, I mean, I'm just blown away by what I saw on that video. And it says that the girl broke nine ribs and she's got, you know, some head issue, head injury. It's just amazing to me that this is how things are done. I mean, you pull somebody over that's near railroad tracks and you put the police car on the railroad tracks. I mean, just what is going on? And then you leave the person in the car. The door was open. The lady could have pulled her out. She just ran for her life. The female cop runs for her life, leaves the lady. She was the one closest to the girl. 
And then the cop was on the other side. He runs away, too, and they leave this woman to get slaughtered by a train. I mean, it was just horrible. And again, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement, but I see stuff like this and I think, my goodness, what happened to common sense? I mean, it's cops that show up to a, a, an auto accident and they see the car on fire. And what they do, they go toward the fire to pull the people out of the car as the, they're waiting for firefighters and whatnot. I've seen it happen. The Ridgefield Park Police, not far from where I live, they were on News 12 not too long ago, heroically pulling somebody out of a car accident on New Jersey Route 46. I always thought that's what cops were supposed to do, right? You, you, you go towards the trouble, not away from it. I don't know what's going on anymore. It feels like the world is upside down. What's up is really down. What's bad is really good. What's wet is really dry. I don't know. But speaking of cars, my kid, my youngest daughter, just turned 17 years old. And so I added her and she took her license. She passed her test. Kudos to her. Very happy. You could see pictures of that on my social media, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And when you um, add your child to your policy, your insurance policy, you expect that it's going to go up. Again, this is my, my second daughter, right? My, the younger of the two. So I already went through this with the other kid. But lo and behold, I add her to my policy and it goes up not $100, not $200, not $500, no, $1,700 in increase. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? So I call my big national, big name insurance company. And, uh, you know, I say, hey, you know, what's going on? And I get, well, you know, first you get, you know, for this, this, press one, for this, this, press two, for that, that, you know, and, and you just, you press a million buttons and you keep, I, I want to speak to a representative, representative, rep, I'm screaming, representative. Uh, finally, it says, sure, I'll get you a representative. All right, so now I'm getting this representative. And the girl gets on the phone. She's like all smiles, you know, with her, with her pointer fingers in her own dimples, you know, shaking her head from side to side. She's like, hi, my name is so-and-so. How can I help you? And she's ecstatic. And I'm like, oh, hey, great. Thanks, so-and-so, whatever your name was. Uh, you know, here's my issue. I had it, added my kid, and it seems that it's really exorbitant, the fee. Maybe I did it wrong. Maybe you could help me out. Maybe I added coverages I didn't have, or it's at the max coverage instead of the coverage that I, I typically get. Anyway. She says, nope, nope, everything looks fine. That's, that's the rate and, uh, for the premium. And I said, oh, my gosh. But, you know, when I added my other daughter, it went up like three or 400 bucks. It, it didn't go up $1,700. And she says, well, this is what happens when you add a 17-year-old to your policy. And I'm thinking, who is this woman, my mother? But I let it slide. And they go, well, I've added a 17-year-old to my policy in the past, and it didn't go up this much. It went up, I think, 375 bucks. And she says, when was that? And I said, that was about three years ago. And she said, well, insurance rates today aren't what they were three years ago. And I'm thinking, if you were a dude, you'd be eating my fist. Unbelievable. The condescension and how rude this woman was from the uh, government employees insurance company, them and their little lizard. Very, very rude. Very rude. So the very next day, I decided, you know what? I'm going to call my friend who happens to be a New Jersey State Assemblyman, by the way, Bob Auth. He's got an insurance agency in New Jersey. And I called him up. I got a quote, $800 cheaper than the little lizard company. Look at that, huh? So I called them up uh, again and canceled my policy. And they were like, oh, it's a shame to see you go, blah, blah. They weren't ashamed, nothing. They could care less about their customers. And that's exactly how that woman treated me when we were on the phone. And I don't normally go on these types of rants on the air or whatever, but I wanted to let you know because sometimes you, you just have to get out of your comfort zone. Because The last thing I want to do is shop around for insurance. But at the end of the day, their joke became a reality for me. Guess what? I just saved a ton of money on my insurance policy. 
Yep. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do that. Anyway, it is National Coffee Day. I want to get into that a little bit and tell you a quick little story because I uh, get my coffee at a little Cuban spot uh, every day, and I always go at it with the um, proprietor of the business. We, we have uh, interesting differences of opinion on politics. So I'm going to get into that a little bit and uh, talk about this big Trump win as well. More to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name? Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And again, I told you on Thursday, it was National Coffee Day. And anybody who knows me knows I love to enjoy a little cafecito, whether it's National Coffee Day or not, but I did. And I, uh, I do enjoy that. And I love getting it at one of my favorite places. It's in Bergen County, New Jersey. It's called La Giraldia. And that's with a G. La Giraldia. It's a Latin Cuban cuisine place. Fantastic. Run by Cubans. Terrific people. If you've listened to the show, you know, I talk about it all the time. And they, um, they make a great uh, cafe con leche, espresso style. Just really, really good cup of coffee. And I, I always go there and I talk to... Um, uh, the the owner of the place and we we always go at it and he always tells me you know what's going on what's the latest in Trump world and he tells me ah it looks like your guy uh, had a little setback I see they wanted him to to live up to what he was talking about and I said well, what are you talking about and he says well it says here and he reads me this article that it says that the special master wants uh, President Trump to um, verify some of the claims that he made on social media now I tell him I said look you know th- there's in real life. You know, as an observer of politics, and, and you probably know this, but if you don't, I'll, I'll bring it to your attention. What people say, it's kind of like the World um, Wrestling Federation, right, or WWE. What, what they say when they're doing the promo for the match, you know, and they go and they face off or the weigh-in, whether it's UFC or boxing, and what actually happens in the ring are two different things. Politics is very much the same way. I mean, what you say on the campaign trail or what you say on social media as far as your rhetoric goes is very different than what actually happens in your governance or in this case or what your lawyers put into an actual legal filing. 
So, you know, Trump goes on Truth Social and he says things like, you know, they went into my house. You, Lord knows what they put, what they took, what they left behind. And, you know, and he says this in his frustration, in his candor, in his moment of reacting to what happened in August when he was uh, raided in Mar-a-Lago. And again, that's fine in my opinion. I, I don't I don't have a problem with him. Uh, talking smack about something that happened. Look, I just talk smack about, you know, my insurance company because they went crazy on me with the premium. So I get that. But if I were to sue them, I would have to do everything, you know, por la letra, by the letter. You know, every fact uh, verified, every dot, um, I dotted and T cross, et cetera, et cetera, as the saying goes. So this special master decides to say, well, Trump made these um, allegations that that the FBI left something behind. I want him to substantiate those things. <laughs> and uh, Judge Eileen Cannon, um, she had a different opinion, and she's the judge overseeing the matter. Uh, and this is a piece in Just the News. His former President Donald Trump on Thursday scored a major win in the ongoing court battle pertaining to the FBI's seizure of documents from his Mar-a-Lago estate in August. And here's the quote from the judge. There shall be no separate requirement on a plaintiff at this time prior to the review of any of the seized materials to lodge an ex-ante final objection to the accuracy of the defendant's inventory, its descriptions, or its contents. And that's according to U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon. And that's from Thursday. Now, Special Master Raymond Deary, whom Cannon appointed to independently review the documents uh, that the Bureau has seized, he had sought to require that Trump substantiate the claims that the FBI planted evidence during the raid. Trump repeatedly suggested such on social media posts, but his lawyers stopped short of making those claims uh, in informal court documents. And again, that's fair. He had no way of proving it. He's the one that says he has the video. So if he wants to make a claim like that, I think it's okay to make a claim like that. Would you do it? Would I do it? I don't know. Is Donald Trump an extremely over-the-top personality? Yeah. Would it be beyond uh, any realm of reason to think that they would do something nefarious, the FBI and Trump, of course it's within the realm of reason. They do bad things to him all the time, or at least they have a history of doing such things. So again, I don't blame him. I, I, I might say the same thing. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe I'd say it only to my friends and family, and or maybe I would say it to my radio audience, but I wouldn't go on, you know, The View and make such claims. Because, again, it, it just opens up a can of worms that leads to stuff like this, like somebody in the court process saying, well, why don't you go ahead and prove it then? Yeah, and this is the special master that he chose. And it's just one more example of, you know, everybody has a different limit when it comes to uh, to Trump. And, uh, and and we're seeing what this guy Deary's uh, limit is that he wants him to prove social media posts. I think this is the most nonsensical thing I've seen in quite a while. But, again, it's it's politics that we're following here, and every day there's more nonsense. Uh, moreover, Cannon extended the timeline for the special master's review. The Department of Justice now has till October 14th to make fully available to Trump all of the relevant documents. Then Trump has three weeks to present to Deary and the DOJ with a comprehensive review of those materials and make any claims to attorney-client privilege or executive privilege uh, under the um, Presidential Records Act. So that's the time frame on that. And Trump has to do that, by the way, on a document-by-document basis, and that's according to Judge Cannon's ruling. The DOJ will then have 10 days to dispute any of Trump's claims, and Judge Cannon further delayed the uh, final deadline for the special master to complete his review 
And that now is December 16th with her saying this modest enlargement is necessary to permit adequate time for the special master's review and recommendations given the circumstances that they've evolved since entry of the appointment order. And that's that on that front. Now, there's other stuff that's going on outside of National Coffee Day and my arguments with uh, my favorite barista who uh, came from Cuba, by the way, uh, to the United States on a five-hour journey on a jet ski. God love him. This is a a great guy, even though we disagree uh, politically. And he's probably one of the very few Cuban exiles that I've met in my life that liked Biden and doesn't like Trump. But Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Something that I want to talk about was a video I saw. Now, this one's going to be a little tricky because I can't necessarily translate it from Italian. But you may have heard this video. And it's only about uh, 25 or 30 seconds long. Uh, And it has subtitles, so I'll chime in periodically. But I want you to hear the fervor and the passion that Italy's first female prime minister has. Now, what's funny is that this is a piece, again, from my buddies at the uh, Lexit movement. They shared this on social media. And... They're not saying that she's the first female prime minister like they would about the first female this or the first black that or the first Hispanic this or that. No, they're comparing her to Benito Mussolini, the Italian fascist, because of her platform. The platform that she ran on, similar to Myra Flores and others that are winning lately, God, country and family. I want you to listen to this clip from CBS News become prime minister leads a party with roots in neo-fascism. The hallmarks of Italian fascism, like this motto, God, fatherland, and family. A far-right political party whose roots go back to post-World War II neo-fascists. Far-right political party whose roots go back to post-World War II neo-fascists. Roots in Italy's post-war fascist movement. Roots in Italy's 20th century neo-fascist movement. Maloney herself uh, was a a hardcore neo-fascist militant. Stunning because of Italy's disastrous history, the last time a hard-right party rose to power. The most far-right government in that country. Now, what's interesting here, again, again, they're talking about Giorgia Maloney, who is the first female Italian prime minister, but her election is being overshadowed by the media maligning her as some sort of far-right fascist because she says that she believes in God, country, and family. Let's continue. Since Mussolini. Most right-wing government since Mussolini. Since Mussolini. A red flag if there ever was one, says Edith Brooke, a renowned poet and Holocaust survivor. Italy about to see the country's most right-wing government since World War II. Most far-right, far-right, far-right government since World War II. Since the end of World War II. Maloney's win will probably send alarm bells throughout Europe. You know, it's alarming to a lot of people around Europe. Italy is revered for its history, but not all of that history is beautiful, and many fear that one particularly ugly chapter could soon repeat itself. Now, what's funny about that whole thing is that this woman didn't appoint herself. She was elected by the people. It's the people that wanted this far-right fascist in office. It's amazing how they try to just ignore the will of the people because they are the media. And the media loves to just ignore the will of the people. That's what they believe. This is what they do. And it's her fiery speech, or speeches, I should say, that really get her going. But I want you to listen to this one because, to me, this this is... What is so wrong, right, with what she talks about? What is so wrong with identifying as a woman? What is so wrong with identifying as a Christian woman who loves her country? 
right? I think that's a great question. Listen to this one. A monte c'è quella che ci facciamo oggi, perché la famiglia è un nemico? She says, why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? Perché la famiglia fa così paura? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande. Perché ci definisce, perché è la nostra identità. She says, there's only one answer to this question, and it's our identity. Our identities define us. Why are they attacking our identities? Perché tutto quello che ci definisce in questo tempo è un nemico. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy. Per chi vorrebbe che non avessimo più un'identità e che, fossero, che fossimo solamente schiavi, consumatori perfetti. Those who would like us to be no longer, they just want us to simply be their perfect consumer slaves. E allora è sotto attacco l'identità nazionale, è sotto attacco l'identità religiosa. So therefore they attack your national identity, your religious identity. È sotto attacco l'identità di genere, è sotto attacco l'identità familiare. And they attack your gender identity and your familial identity. Non devo potermi definire italiana, cristiana, donna, madre. I'm not allowed to define myself as an Italian, as a Christian, as a woman, as a mother. Nope. No, io devo essere cittadino X, genere X, genitore 1, genitore 2, devo essere un numero. I must be citizen X of gender X, parent number one or parent number two. I must be a number, not a person. Perché quando sarò solamente un numero, quando non avrò più un'identità, quando non avrò più radici, beh, allora sarò lo schiavo perfetto in balia della grande speculazione finanziaria. And when you are just a number, you have no roots, you have no identity, and then you become the perfect slave at the mercy of the financial speculators. Il consumatore perfetto. And the perfect consumer. E questa è la ragione per la quale... That's the reason why. Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi noi facciamo tanta paura. That is why we inspire so much fear. That's why this event inspires so much fear. Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi questo appuntamento fa tanta paura. Perché noi non vogliamo essere dei numeri. Noi siamo qui per dire che noi non siamo dei numeri. Noi difenderemo il valore della persona umana. Because we don't want to be numbers. We want to defend the value of the human being. Di ogni singola persona umana, perché ognuno di noi ha un codice genetico unico e irripetibile. Because every single human being, each of us has a unique genetic code that's unrepeatable. E questo piaccia o no ha del sacro. Lo difenderemo, difenderemo Dio, la patria e la famiglia. And just like that, they're scared. But we will defend it. We will defend God, country and family. Che fanno tanto schifo a qualcuno. Lo faremo per difendere la nostra libertà. Those are the things that disgust those people so much and we will do it because we have to defend our freedom. Perché noi non saremo mai schiavi e semplici consumatori in balia della speculazione. Because we'll never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of financial speculation. Ecco la nostra missione, ecco perché oggi sono venuta qui. Scriveva Chesterton That's ormai più di un secolo fa. Vediamo se, lo, se ve lo trovo. Now she's going to quote G.K. Chesterton. Fuochi verranno attizzati per dimostrare che 2 più 2 fa 4. Spade verranno sguainate per dimostrare che le foglie sono verdi in estate. Quel tempo è arrivato, signore. Fires will be kindled to testify that 2 and 2 make 4. Spade verranno sguainate per dimostrare che le foglie... Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in the summer. Sono verdi in estate. Quel tempo è arrivato, signori. The Siamo pronti. Grazie. We're ready. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I took all of that time to get you the best translation I could. 
because I think what she said was spot on. They're destroying whatever identity you had as a parent, as a whatever faith you just subscribe to, right? Whether you uh, are a Christian or a Jew or whatever and what have you. You can't be any of these things. You have to be part of the godless, soulless left. You have to believe in science and the media, not your faith and the things that you can't see. They're out to destroy everything that, in my opinion, is once or was once godly because they will replace God at every turn in every way so that they can make themselves the ultimate authority, so that they can put themselves upon whatever throne that God once sat on, so that you will worship at the altar of the government, not at the government, uh, not at the altar of your God. That is sickening to me, but that's where we are. Maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic. I don't know if you think I'm wrong or I'm off base. Let me know at Rich Valdez on all the social media at Rich Valdez with an S. I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I think she's spot on. I think she's blowing it out of the park. She's done a fantastic job uh, getting elected and she's on the right track and she's got the right energy and she needs to keep that same energy to keep it going. But you let me know what you think at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. I'm looking forward to that. Plus one of the, um, members of uh, the ministry in Spain says that the equality is one of the most important things. Matter of fact, she's minister of equality. So we're going to get to that uh, straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right here. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And uh, we were just talking about what was going on with the Italian prime minister. But the, the excuse me, Minister of Equality, Irene Montero, from Spain, she says that children, children have the right to have sex if they please. This is a Kinsey alert because the sicko Alfred Kinsey and his sick followers, they're everywhere and they're preaching that children are sexually oppressed and they're trying to spark this child sexual revolution to normalize pedophilia. This is evil nonsense and it must be met with the same energy that they're coming at us with. Otherwise, they're going to win. But I want you to listen to what this woman had to say. Sino para hablar de educación sexual, they want to talk about por sex ejemplo, education, que es un example. derecho de los niños y de las niñas, señoría. This is a right of boys and girls, regardless of who their families are. Independientemente de quienes sean sus familias, porque todos los niños, las niñas, los, les niñas de este país tienen derecho, tienen derecho a conocer su propio cuerpo. All of, and she calls them children X, all of the children X in this country have a right, they have a right to know their body sexually, to know that no adult can touch their body if they don't want them to. Huh. Isn't that interesting? So now there's no age of majority. There's no consent. If somebody that's 12 years old, 11 years old, nine, eight, seven, three months old says, oh, I think it's okay for this grown up to go ahead and touch me, then it's okay. Do you see how sick these people are and how they try to push this stuff down your throat? Continue. A saber que ningún adulto puede tocar su cuerpo si ellos no quieren. Si ellos no quieren. And she repeats it. Unless they want them to. Unless they want this adult to touch them. 
because otherwise this is a form of violence. Que eso es una forma de violencia. Tienen derecho a conocer que pueden amar o tener relaciones sexuales con quien les dé la gana. They have to know that they have a right to love and they have a right to have sex with whomever they please. Basadas eso sí en el consentimiento. Y eso Of course, that's based on consent. But now, Madam Minister, I would argue with you, how could you say a child has the ability to consent? Is it an American thing to be 18? Okay, let's say the age of majority is 15 or 16 in your country. Anybody that's beneath whatever the legal age of majority is, is violating the law because this person doesn't have the legal age to give consent of their own. I'm not making this up. This is pretty rudimentary stuff that no matter where you go, that's the law. Unless you're in Spain and these weirdos are trying to pervert your kids. Go ahead. Esos son derechos que tienen reconocidos y que a ustedes no les gusta. She's saying these are rights that bueno. these children have, but you simply just don't like them. Now, I think this is absolutely insane. And maybe I spent too much time on social media seeing these videos where uh, they get me going, right? I get, I, I get really uh, bothered by this stuff because I think, my goodness, I mean, my kids are older now and they can make their own choices and, and thank God they have good heads screwed onto their shoulders. But there's little children in this world, kids that, that can be suckered into this, kids that are being you know, taught that it's, it's a good idea to tip your local drag queen at your local drag queen show. Now, listen, I've been to parties where there are drag queens for as part of the entertainment and whatever. And, you know, not like a drag queen show, but I'm a, a funny. A friend of mine, uh, it's not funny that he, he's passed away, but he passed away. His birthday is uh, this week. And I went to a party once. We were all hanging out at a restaurant and this drag queen was part of the entertainment. He was like one of the promoters for the event. And and uh, he um, was funny. He was like a comedian. But. He was making a joke about my friend who's probably like four foot 11 or something like that. And and he was this drag queen was, I don't know, six foot five or so. So it was funny. And he was literally chasing him around the restaurant. And, and it was a spectacle and it was funny. But there were just adults in the room. This is uh, and it wasn't a drag party, per se. And it, it was humorous. I, I'm still laughing at it. And this was about six or seven years ago. So all I can say is I think that if you choose to have that type of entertainment, fantastic. That's up to you. Uh, and these weren't drag queens putting on a show or anything like that. Um, this was a drag queen who was like a party promoter and brought in like robots on stilts and, you know, that type of entertainment for a party. But needless to say, there were no kids in the room. There were just weren't any children there. This is, you know, a nightclub type of environment uh, after, you know, the dinner hours of a restaurant had closed. They opened up their dance floor. They put on some disco lights and it was a nice time for everybody celebrating a birthday or an anniversary or whatever it was. And we were there having dinner and then celebrating a birthday. And it was just interesting to me uh, that 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 was what was, you know, I guess the uh, pushing the edge or pushing the envelope back in the days where today it's you've got little kids. You know, these are all age drag queen parties. And this uh, philosophy, again, comes from this guy, Kinsey. This guy, this guy, Kinsey, spent his life trying to normalize pedophilia. And it's it's interesting because I, I was looking at this uh, opinion editorial that is in a magazine called Opinion India, or actually it's combined. It's called Op India. And just about a month ago, a couple of years back, but in August, August 25th, death anniversary of Alfred Kinsey, father of sexual revolution who claimed babies have orgasms, child rape benefits victims. This is a sick man. Now, if you've heard of this guy, you know, maybe you've seen the movie that tried to glorify him and say he was misunderstood. Propaganda. 
The reality is this guy was a sicko, and there are people that follow his sick lead, and they're psychologists, they're school psychologists, they're school nurses, they're all sorts of people in different professional capacities. They're school teachers, they're university professors, they work in all levels of different um, social services and government, and they believe, at least in some way, some, because this is what they were taught to believe. And this is what we're facing now. Anyway, the um, 65th anniversary was last year, so it's now been 66 years of Kinsey's death, and he's uh, regarded as one of the most controversial figures in American sexology, Alfred Kinsey. And pneumonia is what uh, put him down in, in his final days. But before his death, Kinsey was credited for authoring and pioneering reports on human sexology that radically upended the prevailing view on sexual relations between humans. Kinsey's research is said to have influenced social and cultural values, not just in the United States, but across the world. He was dubbed by the New York Times as the father of the sexual revolution. Now, that should just give you pause right there. If it's the New York Times that's calling you out as something, you got to be really careful on uh, whether it's an accolade or, you know, some sort of uh, detriment. I'd rather have them say that, you know, I'm something bad than something good because I don't want to agree with the New York Times. Anyway, we move on. Uh, born on the 23rd, blah, 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 blah. He goes on, da, 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 da. The guy studied whatever, and he started the um, research in this institute, which is now known as the Kinsey Institute. Now, the results of his comprehensive interviews were published in two separate volumes, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male in 1948 and Sexual Behavior in the Human Female in 1953, also known as the Kinsey Reports and the Kinsey Scale. Kinsey's reports stunned the entire world stoking massive controversy in the 1940s and 50s. Even today, almost 75 years since the first volume was published, the findings and the methods employed by Kinsey remain deeply controversial and are hotly debated around the world. Now, this is a big deal because from 1938 until he died, Kinsey conducted more than 17,000 face-to-face interviews with a broad set of people, college students, prostitutes, even prison inmates, to understand their sexual experiences. His most infamous research subject was the 1944 interview of his sexual omnivore who had a history of having sexual encounters with women, men, boys, girls, animals, and family members, and that took 17 hours to be recorded. Now, while a set of people hailed the American biologist for revolutionizing sexual customs, and breaking taboos about the discussion of sex and challenging centuries of beliefs about human appetites and capacities, another set of people considered Kinsey a pedophile, an adulterer, an attention seeker, a pornographer, an addict whose sole objective in carrying out research on sexology was to normalize and legitimize his many illegal fetishes. I I, I think I'm more to that crowd than the other, to be quite frank with you. I think that that was exactly his goal. If he could figure out a way using his perch as an academic to say these are the things that I I like and others like, and this is normal, and I'll tell you why, and just come up with a very fancy-sounding clinical explanation for it, but there isn't one, because the reality is no child wants to be accosted and raped by an adult. We know this. And to argue otherwise is absolutely insane, at least in my opinion. If you have a different opinion, you let me know. At Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media, at Rich Valdez. And I'll tweet this article out so you can read it. But to me, this is just uh, crazy. I mean, saying that children from birth have orgasms and that pedophilia and incest have sex benefits in children. 
These are just some of the things that he said. Amongst his many shocking findings in his reports, arguably the most scandalous were that young children as, as young as infants observing orgasms, saying, quote, all orgasms are outlets that are equal between a husband and a wife, a boy and a dog, a man and a boy, a girl and a baby. For there is no abnormality or normality. Not only did Kinsey hypothesize that infants are orgasmic from birth, but that he also suggested that incest relationships and pedophilia benefit children. In his writing, Kinsey asserted that there was no proven medical or other reason to forbid incest or adult child sex, saying, quote, children are sexual and potentially orgasmic from birth, womb to tomb, and are unharmed by incest, adult child sex, and often benefit thereby from this activity. One woman's right group said that this is what he said in his findings. My goodness. I mean, I just read this and I'm stunned. I'm floored. Regarding human sexuality, Kinsey uh, opined that humans are naturally bisexual, but religious precepts and uh, prejudices have forced people into chastity, heterosexuality, and monogamy. The American biologist also endorsed sodomy, saying that all forms of anal intercourse are natural and healthy. I mean, I think we, we know otherwise today that that's not necessarily the case. Even if you like that type of thing, that's not the, it's not necessarily healthy. This is, hello, monkeypox, just, I don't know, six, seven, eight weeks ago. Come on. There was like a huge cover up saying, no, 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 it doesn't mean that. It means, uh, you know, come on. It goes on. It's a, it's a long report, but I mean, you get the gist of it. This is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And then he basically said everybody that tried to uh, criticize him was a fraud. They were a fraud attacking his research, his scholarship and whatnot. Uh, again, this is an opinion piece from India that I'll share with you. And um, I also um, watched a couple of uh, videos on this to just, you know, really get the gist of it. And I, I watch stuff on Kinsey all the time because I want to make sure I'm not maligning somebody that is, you know, an actual... Uh, treasure to academia. Sadly, he is a treasure to the left within academia. And this guy is an absolute disgrace with his work. I mean, maybe there's something he contributed that was of a worthy cause. But from what I can see, when you're saying that it's okay for little kids to get hurt, you're off the deep end. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos, para Rich Valdez, y esto es América, ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Make sure you chime in, give me a follow, let's stay connected that way. I try to get back to everybody who reaches out that way, because I love to hear what you have to say. This is what I love most about talk radio, is this... You know, you can have a ton of people on social media, but it's not in real time. It's not live all the time. You know, so you don't have this opportunity to have this one conversation. I mean, I guess you kind of could if you put it out there and they happen to all be on at the same time. But it's just not the same. But I do appreciate all of you listening. Without you, without an audience, you're talking to yourself and then you're not a broadcaster. You're a looney tune in the loony bin. So I want to thank you always for subscribing to the show, for sharing the show, for texting it to your friends, for saying, Alexa, 
play Rich Valdez radio show, right? And then Alexa will go ahead and do that. Or, you know, listening on Siri or through Spotify or through however you listen to the program on the radio on 1210 WPHT. Big shout out to everybody in Philly. However you do it, I want to thank you for doing it because that's important. And uh, it helps us to keep getting the message out and listening to the ads in between each segment. Those grueling three minutes of advertising is what keeps this free for everybody. So, um... Thank you for putting up with those. And I always urge you, patronize the sponsors that you hear that work with what you're doing. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, when I endorse a product, it's because I think it's it's worthwhile and valuable. Anyway, I want to continue our conversation. There's a bunch I want to talk about with respect to the Hispanic vote, the Latino vote. And we're going to get into that, but not so much right now because it's probably about 15 minutes worth of of commentary and some audio that I want to play, and we don't have that much time left in the program for today. But I wanted to talk about just, you know, a question that I'd posed to you guys a couple of weeks ago. And I asked, are you a citizen or a revolutionary? Now, I realize it takes a long time to become a revolutionary. And in my opinion, right now, the enemy of the people are revolutionaries for this godless Marxist society, a society where public school teachers are historically and constitutionally illiterate and all politicians are to the left of AOC and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Just imagine a country like that, a Washington, a Congress, a Senate, a House of Representatives filled to the hilt with AOCs, Bernie Sanders and Liz Warrens. If that doesn't make you want to become a revolutionary for what's right, good and holy, I don't know what will. Because if you're just a citizen that wants to be left alone so that you can just mind your own business, just imagine what's going to happen, right? A few weeks ago, I talked about this. I said, you know, imagine being a little cute cottontail bunny, minding your own business, nibbling on grass when a slick coyote or a fox starts creeping up from the distance. Which one are you going to be? The fox or the cute little bunny? The killer coyote that's about to... to eat (laughs) or the bunny that's about to get slaughtered and butchered. I don't know. All I know is you got to choose if you want to win or if you want to lose. Even if the bunny gets away because he's faster and his big ears will, you know, let him know that there's, there's danger. That bunny will never really uh, possess that uh, ability to, to fight back. All he can do is flee. And I realize some people may be bunnies, some people may be coyotes, but there's plenty in between. And we have to realize who we are in this ecosystem of politics and life and culture and and do what we have to do. But what we've got to do is stop saying that we're too old to get involved. What we've got to do is stop blaming the spineless Republicans. And I'm not saying to give them a pass. I'm saying who cares about them? They're obsolete. You don't like the RNC? Don't deal with the RNC. Don't send them any money. You do what you've got to do. Become your own block captain. Do Be that person that, that you become so um, up to speed with what's going on in, in the world that people say, you know what, I'm going to you when there's a question. I'm going to you with my uh, at questions for advice. Anyway, you got to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And the only thing necessary to keep evil from triumphing right now is you. You being the good people that you are. So... Time to do it, and that time is now. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. 
Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.